Welcome to the House of Cinema podcast. I am your host, Joe Aragon. With me today, as always, the wonderful Clara Curtis. And in the house today, hey now, hey now, this is what... (laughs) The first, first, hey now, you delivered, I thought you were going to start singing All Star. And I was like, why are you singing All Star? No, I would never (laughs) sing All Star on an episode dedicated to the Lizzie McGuire movie. This is your choice, by the way. When we text each other what movies you want to revisit, you said yeah. Lizzie McGuire movie. Why did you choose the Lizzie McGuire movie, Clara? Because it's it's the Lizzie McGuire movie. It's This is like so definitive for growing up in the 2000s. It really like, is. I think I wrote that in my notes. This is the oh most 2000s movie we've chosen so far. Yeah, like this is this is it, and so this is for this is for the people who actually grew up in the two thousands. Because I I'll we'll talk about it later, but I was like, after I watched it, I was like, how would this land for like kids born in the two thousand tens? I wow. don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's a really good point. I wonder how it would land. I I don't know. I don't know if it would land. To be honest, I mean, we, we I have know. to think. Right, this is based off a show that was very popular in the early 2000s and if they go in without any knowledge of the show i can't imagine it's enjoyable i i really can't can you i i honestly don't feel like it no and also like i there were definitely a lot of things that i was thinking about from the show as we were watching the movie and i was like oh like oh this reminds me of this part in the show oh this reminds me of this part in the show and so i'm like okay like the movie's not necessarily like reliant on the show, but it's very informed by the show in terms of like the context of all the characters and how they interact. So I was like, "Oh shoot!" Like I don't know. It's like <laughs> that's a really good point. You could watch the movie and absolutely follow the plot, understand what's going on, really understand like the tension between uh, Lizzie and Gordo, but you mm-hmm. do miss out on a lot of that context of Ethan and Kate and. Uh, just kind of the whole relationships between all these characters. And yes. I wonder if that even resonates with a younger crowd if they've never seen the show or never seek it out. I mean, the only reason they would seek it out is because they have somebody older who is telling them to seek it out. I mean, it's not a show you, you like, it doesn't make the top 100 lists of all time. You know, people aren't seeking this out because uh, they are informed it's the best of all time. People are seeking out because of nostalgia yeah. Or someone's telling them to watch it. It's not really a show you seek out. No. And I think also, like, I'm going to just, I'm going to get it out of the way. I got so confused rewatching this because I haven't rewatched this since I was a kid. Uh-huh. I fully believed this was like Lizzie McGuire's senior year high of high oh, school, like, end of, gra- like, graduation trip. I was like, oh my God, yeah, she's about to go to college. Like, it totally makes sense for her to be going to Italy. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is a great trip. And then things started to happen where it was like, oh yeah, the, 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 the kids could either go to Italy or go to a water park. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? Like, why is that such a big disparity? Like, and then I was like, Lizzie, Lizzie McGuire's family isn't that rich. Like, what's, I was just like, what is going on? And then it just slowly dawned on me more and more. And and then I ended up Googling it because I was like, what the fuck? This is her eighth grade graduation trip. This is her junior high graduation. Now, junior high means different things in different states. So eighth eighth grade is a very good way to put it. It's her celebration of leaving the school before going into high school. Yeah. And you start to really figure that out after the beginning they kind of allude to it being a junior high, but it really sets in when 
Uh, they get to the airport and they meet Miss Ungermeyer, and she's like, "Oh, she's going to be our high school principal." And I was like, "What? They're going to high school?" Literally. And the worst part is, Joe, when Gordo gave that line because you're saying it to Matt. I thought he was telling Matt, "This is who you're." <laughs> I thought Matt was about to go into high school, and so I thought Gordo was saying. Oh yeah, this is about to be your high school principal. And so it's like, yeah, that makes sense, Matt. That would make sense. Matt would be going into high school as Lizzie's graduating, of course. And yeah. then, so it took me a lot longer than that to figure out what was going on. But Well, it's the classic example of like Greece, where all these people yes. clearly do not look like they're in high school because they're all yeah. like 30-year-old adults. Yeah. I looked at, I did look it up and when they r- filmed this. Hilary Duff was like 16, 17. Hilary Duff was 16, 17 in this movie? Because she was she was born in 87. Uh-huh. So by 2000, she was like, what is that? 13. 13. And then yeah. this, this was yeah, 16, filmed 17. around. Yeah, this was oh, filmed younger around than I thought then, at least. But no, yeah, yeah, yeah. They but, do all look older, yeah. at least like junior seniors in high school so i was oh absolutely i we're getting so ahead of ourselves right i know now. we've really i'm so sorry i just i was like i it really i do think that informs the people who don't know about lizzie mcguire though that this is supposed to be like her whole thing is like she's a tween yes and, like yeah. her show depicts like her journey through middle school rather than high school and like that's a big distinction as well because like I mean, the market today, like, there's not a lot of tween-specific media out there. And I think that also then, like, minimizes the the new audience looking for that kind of content because they've been trained not to expect it, essentially. Like, it's either you're getting a kid's movie or you're getting a high school and older movie. And so then kids who are tweens aren't necessarily looking for themselves, necessarily, because, like, they're not going to find themselves in media often. So it's like that informs it as well. I think of just like I don't know how like how much Lizzie McGuire's like desired now because it's like people aren't watching a lot of tween stuff because there's not a lot of new tween stuff to be had. So I I feel like I can't comment on that because I'm really ignorant to the shows that are on Disney Channel and Nick. So I mm-hmm. I don't know how much is out there and what's available to the younger audiences in terms of shows and movies like what is being depicted i would imagine mm-hmm. most of it's high school because that's usually the trend and and i wonder how much of that is because middle school as like a schooling era is also very different in different areas yeah there are a lot of schools from i understand that go from like k through eight like they go kindergarten mm-hmm. through eighth grade they all in one school mm-hmm. and so i wonder how much of like middle school actually is exists in other states like i had a proper middle school I, I left elementary school at fifth grade and I started yep. at sixth grade, seven, yep. eighth as all middle school. But yeah. I know now that same school I went to, it's different now. Now it's only seven, eight. They go K through six. And I was then about seven, to eight. say, yeah, there. I feel like a lot of schools do that where it's K through six and then seventh and eighth. It's, so yeah, it's interesting to see this type of schooling era this type of life era being represented in lizzie mcguire i i think that there are still a lot of shows that do kind of try to depict the early tweens of uh, 11 through 13 and 14 uh in you know youth media uh what was another big one around the time zoe 101 i think was kind of oh, the same thing god yeah zoe 101 was huge that was huge that was huge Do you remember that theme song <sighs> no 
No. Isn't it like, yeah. Ooh. No, it's Oh, yeah. Ooh. No, we, oh, God, we were just doing this. <laughs> It's true. I know that. <laughs> For the trivia we did with patrons, I was singing it all stream. Ooh. Yeah, it was great. It um, was alternating between a Taylor Swift song and ooh. And Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> so Zoe won one was a big one. Uh, Ned's Declassified yeah. was another one uh, that depicted middle yeah. school. Huge. So there what were, an era. There were a, a lot of shows at this time depicting middle school era, and I wonder if it's kind of uh this was the first big era and wave of of kids in like the early to mid 90s growing up with cable television and so they had to cater mm. to this audience oh my god yeah you're so informed that's a good way to put it <laughs> <laughs> what a show i have so many thoughts on this being a middle I know, school graduation I, though I like s- it is oh my god I... <laughs> when when there's that line that you you mentioned already when lizzie goes or Gordo's like, oh, we won't see Kate. And Lizzie's like, yep, we won't see Kate or any of the popular girls because they all decided to go to, like, Waterslide Wonderland instead yeah. of Rome. And I was like, why would anybody go to Waterslide Wonderland instead of Rome? And it, then yeah, turns out Kate doesn't, obviously. But I was just shocked. I was like, what is going on? Yeah, I was really curious. And then it's like, obviously, then I followed down the rabbit hole of like, okay, what were they selling to raise money for this trip? Were they selling the magazine thing? Were they doing the cookie thing? Like, what? Because do you remember having assemblies where some guy would show up and be like, look at all these cool prizes. You can yeah. win an, inf- an inflatable couch. Or, yeah, you can get a sc- or, Razor scooter if you sell yeah. 3,000 magazines. Oh, my God. Or a yo-yo that lights up. <laughs> and it's just like, and I just would lose my fucking mind. I know, I'd be like, I know. oh, my God. And I would I would hit that pavement. I was I was selling. I hit the pavement. <laughs> I'd hit the pavement. I'm ringing those doorbells. Wow. No, no solicitors. I can't read. I'm in elementary <laughs> school. Actually, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that is. So impressive. I wonder what they did. Like, cause it's like, cause I feel like for sure the show kind of explored like, like Lizzie's parents were probably like affluent, but I don't think they were like. I have so much to her. say this story about oh. this right here. Oh my god, really? I was I was a big fan of the show. I remember many, okay. many episodes. Okay, perfect. In one of the episodes I remember, there's a whole episode dedicated to them not being rich. Okay, like, that's what I thought. Very much dedicated to like, oh, we are a modest family. We don't have yes, a lot of yes, money. Yes. Like we are we're we are fortunate, but we don't have a lot of money. Yeah. It's, it's a whole episode dedicated to that because uh, there, there's a line about how like they got their bank account mixed up with Bill Gates one time and it freaked them out. And, <laughs> and uh, there's a, I think that same episode. It could be this episode. It could be a different one. But there's a whole episode dedicated to Lizzie wanting to buy these pair of pants. Yes. Oh, the pants. Okay, I remember this episode. Yes. Keep yeah. Going. She wanted to buy the pants because yeah. she wanted to win best dressed for the yearbook. Yes. Yes. And these pants, her mom would not buy them because they were too expensive. She couldn't afford yep. them. Mm-hmm. And so instead, uh, she goes to, like bargain hunting. She goes to like a bargain store for a sale and Lizzie's right. embarrassed by it. Like doesn't want to go. Yeah. Uh, and uh, obviously at the end of the episode, turns out the mom finds like these really cool hip pair of pants at the bargain shop mm-hmm. and lizzie spills like a fucking slurpee on her these new pants yeah oh it's my a whole God. ordeal but it's, it's a, uh, another episode dedicated to the fact like oh they don't have the money to buy it right 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 yeah they're like proper middle class if the middle class still existed if the middle class still existed well yeah. said well pointed thank out. you yes yeah, he- like, heavy if it still was a thing yeah i'm like <laughs> that type of 
family dynamic rarely exists. It's like, gone now. Yeah, uh, not family dynamic, but that family social financial standard. Like they yes. are have a nice house in a nice area and can still afford things, but they're not. Yeah, you know, like you said, affluent. Uh, yeah. That does not exist anymore. You're either one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, it's like sorry. Yeah. So, anyways, oh wow. Jesus. We just, I just, there's so much to talk about. <laughs> there's a lot to talk about. There's so much to break down for the Lizzie McGuire movie. I know. I'm thrilled. I guess, tell me your first memory. I mean, okay. clearly we've, we've made it obvious that you have watched the show and you like oh, the yeah. movie. Tell me about your Lizzie McGuire history a little bit more. I mean, because I can't remember now. I'm totally blanking. But this this aired like on Disney Channel, right? No, or it was a theatrical release. It was a theatrical okay. release, yeah. I know I saw it whatever way it was, like, right when it came out. Because I was a Lizzie McGuire kid through and through. I was like, oh my fucking god, no way. Lizzie's on the big screen. Uh, and so we definitely saw it in theaters. And then my mom got it for us on DVD, like, right away. And it was just, like, such a hardcore, like, DVD staple in my house. Like, we'd watch it constantly. Especially when... I think I've talked about before every summer we'd go from California up to Washington to spend the summer Uh and so that's like a two-day drive and my mom would always be like you can pick out like three movies and so we'd pick out of our collection like our three go-tos for the trip and it was usually it was something like Lizzie McGuire or Holes Revenge of the Sith was one year Shark Tale, Shrek, like we just, you know, you'd pick all the little 2000 staples and then we would only have three movies for a two day drive. And so we would just rewatch those same movies over and over and over again. (laughs) And Lizzie McGuire was a hardcore one. We loved Lizzie McGuire. Like it was just, ugh, it was just so much fun. It was just, it's, I don't know. It's different watching it as an adult now. I'm like, oh, wow. I have a lot of feelings interesting a lot of bad feelings like a mix Mm. like a mix like this is definitely one where like i started it up and i was like i'm gonna rate this five out of five like usual with nostalgia watches and now i'm kind of like i might give it like a four Oh, okay. I mean, I four is still really good. I know it is still. I know I'm like I'm like saying four, like it's like a, a terrible rating. No, four is still very good. Okay, yeah, all right. But yeah, that's kind of my my ish. It's just like it's it's just always been in my in my my heart and my mind and my soul. Like Lizzie McGuire is my that. life. I get it. I get it. Yeah, because you, you grew up with Lizzie McGuire as well. Oh, give me Lizzie McGuire came out like in like I said this was meant for my era yeah mm-hmm. i was 10 11 12 growing up with lizzie mcguire i had the hugest crush on lizzie mcguire going through school and life mm-hmm. and uh i watched every episode multiple times i watched yeah. the movie i'm fairly certain in theaters and uh i had a good time with it i've always loved lizzie mcguire always have i i i, I haven't had the chance to go back and rewatch it as an adult you know since adding it to disney plus i told myself i should go back and rewatch all of it since it's probably pretty yeah. quick but i i haven't but i remember a lot of the episodes i mean i remember the aaron carter episode i remember oh my god yes when she kisses her first boyfriend i yeah. remember uh so many different episodes about lisa mcguire yeah um and i've always really liked it really big fan it, it was always like my preference i i really like this show 
I like That's So Raven a lot when it was playing. I was a big fan of yeah, that. Yeah, That's So Raven was fire. Those two shows were my big Disney Channel shows. I know there's something else I'm probably missing. I can't Kim Possible? Of. Kim Possible, yeah. I like Kim yeah. Possible a lot. Sure, sure, sure. And I feel like I'm missing I'm another to... obvious one. I'm trying to think of what was specifically in that era. Because like, obviously after that, it's like... Uh, Sweet Life and Hannah Montana. Yeah, so I'm trying to think of pre-Sweet Life, pre-Hannah Montana, uh, Uh. early 2000s. Let me just let me pull up the internet here. Pull it up because I'm blinking too. But I I agree. I feel like there's another one that was like so. Proud Family. I watched here. Proud Family. (gasps) Proud Family was so good. So Kim Possible, that's Raven, Lizzie McGuire, oh even Stevens. I did watch a lot of even Stevens. Phil of the Future. Phil of the Future. Oh my God. (laughs) Phil of the Future is good. Uh, see what else we got here. We got American Dragon, Jake Long. Oh, American Dragon was really cool. Let's see, and that's I did not watch like Jonas Brothers. Too late in my life. The oh the the one with the stepbrother. We've talked about this. No, we've talked about this. You didn't watch that. And I told you about it and you were like, what the fuck? Stepbrother? (laughs) I don't know what that is. Is that the one? No, I don't know. I have no idea. I can't remember what it's called. Aaron Stone? No, it's something like, I think the title has like my stepbrother Derek or something like that in it. Oh, I just saw it right now, I think. Yep, yep, yep. Never watched my stepbrother Derek. No, we talked, okay, we we did talk about this because it was so weird watching it because it's like- Life with Derek. Life with Derek, because the girl and the guy are, like, stepbrother and sister, and, like, they're total opposites. Like, the girl's obviously so studious, and the guy's, like, such a, fuck, fuck, studying. I skate. And, like, and then, like, you know, over the show, they, like, bond, finally. But, like, it's very- It feels like, like, it did, it felt like they were gonna kiss. Like, Like it was- (laughs) Is it like that Folgers commercial? Yes, it's exactly like a Folgers commercial. I think that's literally, ex- you brought up the Folgers commercial one time, and I think I absolutely was like, like, that's like my life with Derek. And oh, man. That's why we, oh, my God. The Folgers commercial, for those who don't know, YouTube, just YouTube famous Folgers commercial. Yeah, I think it's, it'll come up right away. It will. It, here's a here's a, a breakdown of it. I'll okay. narrate it for you. Ready? Okay. <laughs> A guy gets home. He knocks on the door. A young woman opens the door. They make eye contact. They smile. They hug. They're clearly very happy to see each other. They begin to, like, exchange stories about, uh, you know, the time they missed together as a cup of Folgers is brewing. And they keep, like, doing this thing where, like, he, like, hits, like, her, like, knee. Because she's sitting on, like, the counter of a table. Yes, and he, so they're like, like eye level. They're eye level, and he's like, he like hits her knee, like stop it, and she's like, I missed you, bud. Oh no, she's she eventually says at the very end, I missed you, bro. But the whole time it feels like they're like yeah. flirting, and it's like yeah. really intense tension. And yeah, then she's it's... like, I missed you, big bro. It's like, oh, this is fucking weird. Yeah, it's exact. <laughs> that show is exactly like that. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, um, okay. Anyways, um, you want to know what I did last night though? After I watched Lizzie McGuire the movie. I, I went, saw you tweeting something, and I really didn't understand I'm, what's going on. I'm literally distraught, <laughs> and like it makes sense because like they they basically on Disney Plus for the show they basically just took the episodes in release order and plopped them on that way. But then they're out of order, like narratively. So like the last episode of Lizzie McGuire is supposed to be the the episode that says like goodbye to like whatever her middle school name is, and it ends that that one ends with like. 
like them taking their last eighth grade photo and Lizzie kisses Gordo on the cheek and it's like all this kind of like, oh my God. And then the movie happens, which is like, then the like, will they, won't they is extra like, oh my God, because like they just kissed on the cheek. I think, wait, did that premiere before the movie? I swear it premiered after. It did also, which is fair. It's fair. It's like confusing because the show was like run, but they'd recorded it before or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I read on Wiki that the movie came out and they still had like four or five episodes come out of the show. Yeah. But so now, but though, when you go and watch the show on Disney Plus, it's totally out of order. So it's like if you just, so when you drop in, it's like, it's not there because there's an episode, I think when I was looking for what the first episode should actually be, it's the pool party one. Cause Lizzie like introduces herself and introduces her family and her friends and does the whole, like my life is like this. Like, you know what I mean? And that's like filmed like a pilot, but it's on Disney plus it's like episode four. So it's totally all out of order. Like, cause I mean, obviously when it was airing on television, it was always out of order. Essentially. That's just like how Disney has always done it for some fucking reason. But, like, on a streaming platform, like, you'd think they'd put it in, like, narrative order so that people could watch it and be like, oh, yeah, like, this is the ground. Like, because then it leads perfectly into the movie. movie. Mm. But it's not like that at all. And the problem is, is there's no definitive way to figure out exactly which episodes are supposed to be which. Like, the list I found is, like, super incomplete. Like, half the episodes, it's like, yeah, I don't know where this would fit timeline-wise. Well, it's like, that sucks. Yeah, it sucks. I'm sure. I don't know why they should. They don't just do an air date. Shouldn't that just work if they just do it by air date? No, because that's why it's out of order. They, they are doing it. The they're doing it in air date. One, as the fourth one. Apparently. That sounds strange. Well, at any rate, I don't think Disney cares enough to go back and like reorder and fix <sighs> no, their Lizzie won't. McGuire timeline. We'll get into I'm more so about distraught. like. The future of Lizzie McGuire or the lack thereof, because there okay. is there is something to talk about that. A lot of tea. A lot of tea. Uh, let's get to the basic info of the movie because we okay. spent so much time talking about this movie. We've already. just made. We're already. We're here. We're here. Uh, released May second, two thousand three. Directed by Jim mm-hmm. Fall. That was. This is the only feature film, which I thought was really interesting. Hillary Duff. Other features. No, like well, like sorry, theatrical feature films. Oh, okay, okay. Everything else he's done has been like a TV movie. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Which I think is interesting because movie did well. You would assume he'd get some other job to do something else, like especially something Disney related. Well, my thing though is is like he uh, is like an openly like queer man, mm. and he was working in the two early two thousands, and so I do kind of wonder a little bit like if he was not blacklisted what he, because of that. Yeah. Yeah, Very possible. Bit. Would not be surprised yeah. if that's what Disney did. Mm-hmm. Here's your cast. Hilary Duff plays Lizzie McGuire. Oh, and if you didn't know, she also plays superstar, international superstar, Isabella Perigi. Yes. Didn't know if you could tell or not with that amazing Italian accent. I'm sure you thought it was someone else. <laughs> way, way freaky. not handle her i was like girl <laughs> who is this lizzie mcguire <laughs> uh oh Haley God, duff like... <laughs> is the singing voice for isabella oh uh, my God. Haley duff for the user don't know is is hillary duff's yep. older sister she was yep. the star in napoleon dynamite she played summer well one yeah. of the stars yeah she also did a lot of singing with hillary they did a song together do you remember what song 
I'm totally blanking, but I know you'll say it and I'll go, oh my god, yes. It's Our Lips Are Sealed. They yes, yes! Oh my god. I remember the music video. I was like, I, I am in love with both these women. I'm like 14 ah! years old. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> Adam Lamberg plays David Gordo Gordon. Yes. Lizzie's best friend and love interest. Robert mm-hmm. Carradine. I think it's Carradine. It could be Carradine. Hmm. Plays Sam, the dad. Haley hmm. Todd plays Joe McGuire. Jake Thomas plays Matt McGuire. Uh, Yanni Gelman plays Paolo Velisari. Sing to me, Paolo. I always remember that part. <laughs> so good. Alex Borstein plays Ungermeyer, the principal and chaperone. Mm-hmm. Clayton Snyder plays Ethan Kraft, the famous Ethan Kraft. I missed uh, Sergey's name. Did you write that one down? Oh, shoot. Um, I'm frantically, like, rechecking because I didn't write down either. Where is he? Oh, Brendan Kelly. Okay. Brendan Kelly plays Sergey. Uh, that's all I wrote down. Did you Did you write anybody else down? Oh, did I write down? Did I say Kate? I didn't say Kate. My bad. No, you did not. Um, Kate Sanders. Kate is played by Ashley Brill-Lalt. Perfect. Ashley Brill-Lalt. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. I'm so sorry, Ashley. That's oh, this okay. is her only movie. Oh, my God. Ashley, where are you? I'm sure she's happy living her life. That's so what real. I, That's what I'm saying to myself about all these characters. Like, I'm sure Clayton Snyder is just living his life and happy. I hope. I hope so. I hope. Guess the Rotten Tomato score. I did write the okay. consensus down this time. Okay. I'm nervous. But I should have just made it up because the consensus is this. A harmless piece of fluff that ought to satisfy fans of the TV show. <gasps> That's it. That's all you're getting from the consensus. That's so mean. Yeah. Um. Oh, no. Now I, I went a little low because I was like, uh, it's a Disney Channel. Like, it's basically, I mean, it's not a Disney Channel movie, but it also kind of is a Disney Channel movie. So I was like. Yeah like elevated oh, disney channel movie yeah exactly and so i was like oh shoot like it's probably not gonna get well received at least by the critics and so i was like i'll go a little low and for my little low i did 79 <laughs> oh my gosh that's still high <laughs> i know that's so like... high <laughs> this is now i'm like now i'm like okay i went way too high and so <laughs> i think i'll change it i'll okay. do i'll say 68 Okay. For and audience critics, score? audience, I'll say, I'll say eighty-two because nostalgia. This is maybe your worst outing ever. <laughs> like I don't think you've ever done worse than this. I don't know if you ever will do worse than this. This will be a really good learning experience for you. A really good one. Critic score is forty percent. <gasps> audience score forty-nine <49%. gasps> percent. Yeah, you would think nostalgia rules, but I think you have to keep in, in mind and remember, one, the people who are spending their time on Rotten Tomatoes to write these They hate women. Reviews, they don't like anything for women. I'm well, heated. that's also true, but I also think that this show is too old for okay. the people taking time to go on Rotten Tomatoes to write reviews. Like, they don't care. They're not going to oh go back God. and watch Lizzie McGuire. Oh. oh, I'm sick. I bet you okay. if you look up the Hannah Montana movie, that's much higher. Yeah. Let's check out. Let's check it out. The movie. Let's look. Rotten Tomatoes. I'll bet you the audience score is positive. My guess. I bet it is too. Hamilton the movie, 67%. It, it's it's lower, <gasps> but it's still positive. Oh my God. And and its critic score is 40. Oh, I can't tell because it's telling me to disable my ad blocker. 43%. Oh my so essentially on par with Liz McGuire critically. 
Okay. But the audience is much higher, and I think that it's just more of a testament to the audience being just a little bit younger writing these reviews. Okay, real. Okay, wow. Also, another ode to media literacy, because if you really <laughs> want to talk about film, you need to be engaging with film across all decades, not exactly. just the decades you grew up in. Oh my god, exactly. oh my god, I'm sick. Oh my god, I'm sick. Okay. Here are uh, some of the bad news uh, reviews. You ready? No. Okay, tell me. <laughs> my girlfriend's a big fan of the Maguire series. I'm not. She wanted to see this during summer school, and it was honestly absolute garbage. There's barely any good stuff. And all I can say is that this should have been replaced with Bugs Life 2. I I hope your girlfriend broke up with you and I want you to eat rocks. <laughs> it was written a couple years ago, so I'm sure they are no longer together. I hope. Whether that Sorry. is Lizzie McGuire based or not, we do not know. Not, not to wish ill will on a child, but how dare you? Uh, my guess is this person's not a child, but I will say this. Summer li- school? Uh, I mean, summer school could be any age, though, right? It could be, like, college. I, mean, I took I... summer school in college. Okay, that's. but I feel like if you're doing that, it's, like, summer classes. Like, the language is different when you're in college doing summer school. I suppose. Like... I suppose. I guess you don't say... I, I mean, I said summer school, but... Oh, I, really? I, well, I mean, what else do you call it? I would say... I would always say I'm taking summer classes. Oh. You know, we've learned that my language is very interesting. Uh, I call uh, maps levels, and I call skins costumes. So This is true. This is true. I just have a different vernacular. Uh, I will say what is out of pocket about this is the request to this movie being replaced with Bugs Life 2. That also, I'm like, leave Bugs Life alone. It's perfect. It doesn't need a sequel. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not opposed to a Bugs Life sequel. That's no! what I'm getting at. No, you wouldn't want would to pick never... up with with Flick no. or with the circus. No, it would never be the same. It wouldn't be the same animation style. Like it would just be different. Well, no, it I mean, wouldn't like be back right. then. Like, what if they oh. made uh, Bugs Life two instead of Toy Story two? No, because but Toy Story two is the best Toy Story. This is true. I I think Toy Story two <laughs> is the best Toy Story. But like, you know, let's pretend to put ourselves in a world where. Okay. Toy Story 2 never happened, and Bugs okay. Life 2 happened, I think we would be saying maybe the same thing. No, I don't think I'd like it. I don't want that. <laughs> I want, I want, I want, <laughs> I, I don't want that timeline. Okay, well, someone in a different <laughs> multiverse is living that timeline, and hopefully yeah. they're hearing this and they can communicate with us and let us know. Oh, that'd be fun. I'd love that. The other bad review I wrote <laughs> was oh, interesting. No. They, they said, Adam Lambert is cute. But then they gave the movie one and a half stars. So is he actually cute? That That is very odd to put as your review for such a... I mean, I guess it's just like maybe they're just saying like, I'm thirst watching. Mm, thirst watching. Okay, okay. I get yeah, it. I don't know. That... Hmm, okay. I'm yeah. not going to comment on a, on whether or not Gordo's that cute or not um, as an adult now. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, let's, let's move on. Um, yeah. <laughs> Most of the reviews, though, revolved around it just being silly and dumb. And some people didn't like that, I guess. Boo. Yeah, I agree. Boo. IMDb okay. facts. All right. What did you write down? I want to hear yours first. Um, let's see. Which one do I want to pick? Um, I wrote it down a cheese fact. Oh, I know which one. You, I, I wrote this down before knowing it was a fact. This is my cheese knowledge coming into play, by the way. 
Oh, really? Let's hear okay, it. I, well, I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. I'm curious. Well, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So according to IMDb, there's this scene where right after Lizzie first meets Paolo, a fan like runs up because they think she's Isabella and they give her like this giant wheel of cheese. And this is apparently a very expensive type of Parmesan. And IMDb says that this wheel of cheese weighs probably between 70 and 85 pounds. Yep. And it can cost upwards of $2,000. And that's bonkers bananas. Sorry, I'm looking for... There's a movie where... Maybe not. Okay. Uh, I'll just pick off. I'd say bonkers bananas. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have researched this before. Because I remember her getting the, the wheel of cheese and thinking, wow, she got a wheel of cheese. That's weird. And I feel like I, I distinctly remember Googling how much wheels of cheese cost and being flabbergasted that they can cost yeah. upwards of two grand and weigh that much. And they just give fucking Lizzie McGuire some fucking $2,000 cheese. Yeah. Pretty impressive. It's like, wow. But also, like, I can't imagine holding a big wheel of cheese like that and being like oh my god the pop star i love and then thrusting the cheese upon them like yeah. i don't want to burden someone with a big wheel of cheese well i mean if if it's costing as much as google's saying clearly it's an honor and clearly it's a yeah. gift you know people give yeah. fucking harry styles like all these bracelets and shit and like people make stuff for taylor swift and all these pop stars that's true that's very true I'm not surprised someone's like, hey, take my cheese. Okay, valid, valid, valid. I see it. I have an important follow-up question, though. Oh, okay. Are you a cheese fan? Do you like cheese? I love cheese so much, but I'm also, as an adult, I've developed um, a lactose intolerance. I'm not supposed to eat cheese, but I do eat a lot of cheese anyway. Okay. Well, yeah. that that's perfect segue to my next question. Okay. What are your favorite cheeses? Can you rank them? Oh, wow. Um. Huh. Or is it easier if I just throw a cheese out there and then you can tell me if it's good or not? Okay, yeah. Provolone. Oh, love. Yum. Pepper Jack. Yum. Okay, that's my go-to for like cheese and crackers. Ooh, it's a good one. It's a good one. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Cheddar? Love cheddar. Sharp cheddar? Um, I don't really buy it very often, but if it's like on a cheese platter, I'll eat it for sure. Okay. Parmesan? Yeah. Love Parmesan. Mozzarella? Big fan of mozzarella. Okay, we're getting we're getting to some weird ones. You ready? I'm nervous. No, not okay. yet. But Swiss. Oh, okay. Um, I like Swiss. It's not my go-to, but I'll definitely eat it. Okay, Monterey Jack. That's another one where if it's on the cheese platter, I'll eat it. But I'm not buying it. Some <laughs> pretty big cheese platter. What is on a cheese platter? I don't know. Actually, isn't that isn't that a go-to cheese platter cheese? Uh, maybe. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> blue cheese. I don't like blue cheese. I love blue cheese. I have like a crippling like anxiety around food involving like mold and stuff like that. And well, I know that makes sense. Mold's usually really yeah. bad on cheese or on yeah. food. I know. And so I just I can't do it. I'm scared of blue cheese because it looks all moldy and I'm like, I can't do it. I, I don't blame you. Thank Most you. people are like, oh, blue cheese, nasty. I am like, blue cheese, let me eat all of it. I love blue cheese. That's so funny. Gouda. I don't know if I've ever really eaten a lot of Gouda. Mm. Gouda's good. So I like Gouda a lot. I, 
I'm neutral to Gouda. Goat cheese. Um, that's another, I think I've tried that like once or twice and I don't really have enough of an experience to have an opinion about goat cheese. Okay. I love goat cheese. I could eat that. Oh, really? Just like out of the package. Oh, wow. Okay. Fun. Feta. I don't eat feta. No, I've had feta. I don't really think about it. Okay. Neutral. Neutral again. Ricotta. I do like ricotta. It's another like really rare one. Yeah, I like ricotta on pizza. Like they throw little scoops of ricotta oh, on it. Oh, yum. Yeah, that it's would be good. good. Uh, brie? I don't eat brie. Camembert? I don't know what that is. Bra <laughs> gruyere. I've heard that word, but I, again, I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, Munster? Um, I don't eat Munster. Gorgonzola? I don't think I've ever... You wouldn't. I don't know if you like Gorg- it, Gorgonzola has blue cheese vibes. Oh no, thank you. Yeah, that's like at those like build your own pizza places. They oh, always okay. have Gorgonzola, and I always get a ton of it. Oh, fun. Okay. But it is. Have, it does have blue cheese vibes. The okay, way it looks, word. at least too. Okay. Word. 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 That's. I mean, there's uh, some other big uh, like Asiago. Um. As a bagel. Uh oh yeah I do like that um you didn't ask me about cottage cheese but I do like cottage cheese oh you like co- that's that's moldy and lumpy no that's different why because it doesn't look moldy it are you joking it looks fucking it's all white. nasty it is it's like, all white it looks like spoiled milk and curdled and gross it looks disgusting don't say that because now I'm not going to be able to eat cottage cheese anymore. Well, I need to like have you recognize the uh, level of ridiculousness. If you don't like blue cheese, but you like cottage cheese, people will probably think you're now like, how do you? How is that possible? Oh my god, because they're different. They did the color is different. The color it's is different, different, but like it's different. Cottage cheese is like m- lumpy, and it looks like spoiled. It looks like spoiled milk. Oh my god, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> <laughs> don't google a picture of it because it looks so gross i can't i i'm i i like i'm in envi- i haven't even had cottage cheese for like a while and i'm like envisioning it in my stomach right now and i feel sick it's gone <laughs> so don't what about cream cheese is it cream cheese no i don't actually what Mm-mm. you get butter on your bagels yeah or you like if weirdo i like a good buttered bagel because it's like toast but more fun and but also if i'm usually if i'm gonna get a bagel for breakfast i want it to be like a proper like sandwich like i want egg on my bagel okay all right whatever i'm moving on oh okay (laughs) i love cheeses i'm taking some of this personally right now oh no i said yeah to a lot of those you did well you said yes to like a couple of them you said neutral to most of them and then you said no 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 Stop the count. You're not counting right. <laughs> Let's move on. We have to move on. My fact. Okay. I'm surprised you bring this fact up first, but uh, mm. you brought up the cheese one, which I did write down. So I think I people need to down. know why Miranda's not here. Yeah, that really bothered me. She's not here. Why is she not here? Because the actress, Lelaine, I didn't write her last name. I just wrote Lelaine. Okay was offered to reprise her role as Miranda, but she turned it down to pursue her music career. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, didn't know, I didn't know she had a music career. Did you? 
no, I had no idea. I know. And I'm like, oh, Miranda, I'm sorry. I'm I know. Sorry. I'm surprised. Like, well, why can't you do both? Like, aren't there well, a lot of people who do both? Yeah, but my thing is, is with, like, the Disney Channel stars, it kind of seemed like if they wanted to do, like, the like the double dipping, it all had to be through Disney. And my assumption is she was trying to do it not with Disney. Oh, And so then they point, just, like... Point. And obviously, Disney has such a huge influence in the industry that I I kind of feel like maybe... Oh, you think a, that she said no to the, the movies, so they're like, we're going to make sure you never get a music career? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's I kinda feel like fucked that. up and probably so true. I'm not surprised, especially because I know, like, Hillary Duff and her family and like their lawyers were arguing with Disney about contract renewals as well. There's been oh, yeah. so many there's so many issues with that that I'm like, okay, if that's going on with the lead star of Lizzie McGuire, there's no way like this other girl isn't experiencing the same thing. Yeah. It's like it, it was definitely happening, I think. You make a really good point. A really sad point, but a really good point regardless. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hmm. Let's move to our favorite scenes and moments because okay. uh, there's no alternate universe for characters that oh, are already in the yes. show. Yes, there is. Oh, who? Well, uh, okay. I'm a, This is a big one, actually. I was like, oh, my God. Uh, Charles Martinet was uh, considered for the role of the hotel clerk. Oh, Mario himself, yeah. huh? Mario himself. Our great, our great legend, happily newly retired. Yeah. Uh, he was supposed to be the hotel clerk. Oh, that would have that probably would have worked. Maybe, but I also am a little. I I I know he wouldn't have done this because, like, obviously, like for copyright alone. But I wish he would have gotten cast so that he could have been there and been like, "Welcome to my hotel. I'm a Mario." Like, I want him to do that, and oh. I, <laughs> that would have been so funny. But I know he can't do that because. That's not allowed. That's that not been, allowed. It's not allowed. That would have been so funny. That would have been great. Yeah. All right. Well, good Good alternate universe. I did not see that. Happy to help. As your reward, you get to go first for favorite scenes and moments. Okay. Um. Okay. Wow. Okay. Thank you. I. Wow. Okay. What an honor. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I really like the opening credits that are like doubled with like Lizzie getting ready for graduation and she's doing her little I'm dancing in the mirror. I'm so yeah, excited. Yeah. Like, to the ultimate 2000 soundtrack. Yeah, it's oh, it's so cute and it's so fun and so 2000s. And like, honestly, this has always been one of my favorite things about Lizzie McGuire is the whole like. Her alter ego is this, like, little animated figure of herself who, like, pops up from time to time to add her two cents. Like, it's just such a cool aspect of the show. And so it's fun getting so much of that in the opening credits. And, like, I don't know, I just love the look of that art style. Like, it reminds me of the, like, really old, like, American Girl books about, like, knowing your body and, like, all of those. Uh So it's like, oh, my God, like, this is so 2000s. It's so cute. And then I really, I we have to talk about this quote where Kate goes, Oh my God, only you would think that you could hide that powder blue puffy sleeve. It's kind of a peasant dress, but it might just be a baggy disaster of questionable fiber content that you wore to the spring dance. Lizzie McGuire, you are an outfit repeater. <laughs> that line is... Well said, by the way. Well acted. You did such an amazing job reading oh, those wow. lines. You did. I Thank you. Need so a lot of praise much. for that. 
Wow. Okay. Thank you so much. I love Kate. Um, we've talked that, about this in the past. This we've is kind talked of about this in the past. Maybe this? like what led us to talk about this movie? I think it is absolutely. This is what put it back on my brain so heavily. Because this line fucked me up as a child. Like I became distraught. I was like, oh my god, people are noticing. Well, I think this is a really important line because it does. I think it does transcend the movie. It does. It's a line that I think has affected more people than they'd like to admit. Yeah. And I've, I wonder if you trace the origins of people's apprehensions about r- repeating outfits in schools. Yeah. I would bet 50%, 60% of those people who are like worried about wearing the same thing are mm-hmm. worried because they saw a Lisa McGuire movie. Probably. And, so- and <laughs> I wonder how many people are like, don't even realize their apprehensions yeah. about repeating outfits stems from this line. Because I know for a yeah. fact it did psychic damage to me. I was so concerned that someone would realize i wore this shirt a week ago and that lived with me i would say at least until high school oh absolutely so basically what we're saying though is that kate is the origin point of fast fashion you think so (laughs) no but (laughs) can you imagine that'd be so wild but i do think it breeds into the larger culture that we have in fashion today which is like I'm going to buy a shit ton of clothes and wear them once and then never wear them again. Like, that's just the norm now. And it yeah. is interesting well, Do you think it's changed at all, language. though? Mm, I think there's a slight shift. The problem is, is, like, I think in, like, the online sphere there's a shift. Like, people don't like Sheen anymore and, like, they're kind of, like, against it online. But that's a, I think that's still a very online perspective, honestly. I think, like, if you're not heavily online, you're you're not really... It's not as big of like a, a moral issue, maybe. Mm, I see. I see. Yeah. Well, I say that because I think, well, maybe it's just with age, your apathy grows because yeah. I am, I just don't care anymore. I wear the same shorts and shirts oh, yeah. like constantly. Oh, yeah. Constantly. The only time yeah, I change too. it up is when I know there's going to be photos of me taken and they're going to be posted on the internet somewhere. Then I maybe switch mm. it up because I don't want people to see I'm wearing the same shirt every single time. Gotcha, but gotcha. at home, uh, I'll admit this freely to people who are listening. I'm wearing the same fucking shorts I've been wearing for the past week because I'm in my apartment and no one is seeing me. And guess yeah. what? It doesn't matter. Like, it just, just does not matter. Nope. Yep. I think I said this the last time we talked about this too. I wear, like, the same pair of basketball shorts to work every day. Like, yeah. I'm just I'm just rocking the Nike basketball shorts. <laughs> exactly. So I, I do think, though, in high school, I was very concerned about not wearing yeah. the same shirt over and over and over because i was afraid someone would call me an outfit repeater and i get called out like kate calls out lizzie yeah and it's it's such an interesting line for her to give because it also kind of like i mean it is in a way a callback to the episode we already talked about of her show where like she wants to buy these new pants and she can't get the new pants and it's like i think that was part of the problem too that like really inflated the anxiety around it because it's like my parents weren't buying me new clothes every day that i wanted new clothes yeah so then i would get really anxious because i'm like i don't have anything new like everyone's seen everything in my closet which like that's very normal like it's normal to just have like (laughs) like an average like i mean you don't need a new shirt for every day obviously but like i think it is like because that's always been the thing with kate too is like she's a little bit more you know like well off and so she can buy the nice things and she that's part of why she's so popular and like all of that and so it's like oh no like it's an interesting line from like a mean girl in general but especially a mean girl who has like that privilege to be able to be like oh like you're wearing the same dress you wore to something else it's like what do you mean stop it i also think it's interesting 
because this movie is, you know, in 2003, I think fashion has changed a lot for the youth yeah. in terms yeah. of availability, accessibility, in terms of what's cool and what's not cool. Now, I sh- I'm sure I'm not uh, a spring chicken anymore, but I do remember being in middle school and high school and thinking if I don't shop here, I'm a loser. And that yeah. place I wanted to shop was expensive. I, I feel so bad for my parents. I know. Um, or my mom, because I know the things I was asking for were not cheap. Yeah. But I do think, I wonder if that's the case now. Now, I'm sure it does exist mm. in, just in some form and degree still. But I think with the availability of the internet and like the universality of so many places to buy clothes from, that I think cooler options exist for more affordable prices. So I wonder if like this feeling of like wearing certain I know that I know wearing certain brands is always going to be a thing. That's always going to be like mm-hmm. a symbol of status and luxury. But I wonder how prevalent it is now if you're not wearing XY shirt and or XY jeans or shoes. See, I almost feel like it might be even worse now. You think so? Because of the influencer like movement. Like, before, like, Lizzie McGuire was, like, the influencer. You know, like, you'd watch, like, cable television and you'd do your best to replicate. But it's also, like, it's not as tangible to be, like, what? Like, you, the internet obviously was still a thing. But, like, when Lizzie McGuire episodes were coming out, it's hard for a 10-year-old to Google, like, what shirt was Lizzie McGuire wearing in episode, and then you get the actual shirt. Whereas now it's, like, influencers are wearing expensive-ass stuff and they're making like extensive videos about like this is the shirt that I bought from like Gucci and like it's 2000 you know what I mean like so there's th- more accessibility in that you know where these people are getting their clothes from but they're not like if that's what's being emulated which I do think that is what is being emulated the most in terms of like who's influencing fashion it's like it's still very expensive and hard to to replicate my only counter to that would be yes those influencers exist but I wonder how many influencers exist also kind of catering to a different audience of here's the most affordable things Here, you could buy. That's true. That's true. I might just be jaded. And like you could use, you, you can search for, you can thrift. I feel like thrifting mm. now is fucking cool. It's been cool for the last, you know, five or six years. But when I was in school, thrifting was not cool. Not I will cool. tell you that right now. Yeah. If you were at a thrift a, store and uh, someone saw you. It was, a, it big was deal. a big deal and a very embarrassing moment. But now thrifting yeah. is cool. If anything, now thrifting yeah. has changed into a more uh, transactional, unaffordable, unaffordable yeah. way to get clothes yeah. because people are thrifting so much. But yeah. I wonder if like the influencer is a double-edged sword in that you do have those who are saying, I got this really expensive stuff and people want it. But there are sides of it where they can provide alternate mm-hmm. options to people who are not making that kind of money to kind of still feel fashionable you're probably right don't be so jaded clara gosh sorry i am very jaded okay anyway (laughs) moving on other scenes i like um i also really love the shot of after lizzie trips at graduation that curtain falling across the entire graduating class like i just really like the way it like rips down like it just it's very fluid i like it a lot okay um I cried when Lizzie turned around to hug her mom one more time at the airport. I thought that oh, was God. really 
That was a really fucking sweet. You're gonna be and gone like, for two weeks, Lizzie. It's so sad. I know. I was like, but okay, I will say I was getting this was before I knew how old Lizzie was in the show. I I was like, why is she so fucking upset? She's 18. Like she's allowed to go out into the world. No, and then she's I'm like, 13. Oh, no, she's 13 years old going to another country on her like with with for a class trip. It's like that's wild. So I'm like, okay, it makes more sense. But I think that moment's really sweet either way. Like it's it's nice. I I like Lizzie and her mom's relationship a lot. Um, I really, really love the Lizzie and Gordo on the plane montage and the way, ah, the way it ends with him, like his head falling to the side and it like drops into her hair and he like jolts awake and then he realizes she's sleeping on his shoulder and he like smiles all like, oh my God. Then he I was smells like, her hair and, and cuts yeah. off a piece for his like oh, collection. No, oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that to them. They are end game. Gordo so... would thousand percent do that. I think Gordo's Honestly, a weirdo. I think Gordo's a little weirdo. Gordo is a little weird, but you're, I mean, okay, you're not wrong. But I was just like, oh my God, they're so cute. Um, And then it was so fun because then we get that like montage again where they're on the bus and they're driving through Rome and you get all these like, just like intercut like shots of like scenes passing. And it reminded me exactly of... Um, the parent trap when Callie first gets to London mm. and she's in the car driving to her mom for the first time. And that song, it's, oh, uh, what song is it? There she goes. Oh, that yeah, song yeah, is yeah, playing. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same format where you get like the shots of her kind of looking out the window and then all these like iconic things in London. It's that all over again in Lizzie McGuire, but with Rome. And I was like, mm. that's so fun. Um, I really like when Ethan asks if <laughs> he's. <laughs> He's like, are the are our room numbers English or Italian numbers? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And I, I thought that was so silly. I like that a lot. Um, I am absolutely gagged over Kate's pantsuit that she wore for her arrival to Italy with little gloves and everything. Like, I'm so sick. She's so slay. Um, <laughs> and then... And then there's this one part, there's this one quote that I just was like, this is so outrageous. Paolo goes, this is Rome. Nobody knows how to drive. I was oh, like, I wrote that down. I was like, what are you saying? Like, I wrote that down a- as a stepping stone <laughs> to ask you, do you think people just say that about every like state? Like people who live there are like, yeah, this is fucking LA. No one has to drive. This is Kentucky. No one knows how to drive. Do you think people well, say was- that just everywhere? I was literally going to say that's such, I feel like that's such an American thing to say Mm. because, and it's, even though Paolo is supposed to be Italian in this movie, it's like, this is an American movie about Rome. And I'm like, that's such like an American perspective to thrust onto this like guy. It's just like, I don't know. I'm just like, that's such a like silly thing to say. Cause I feel like if you did ask like people from Italy would be like, we drive fine. Like, fuck you. Like, (laughs) So it's just like, I, yeah, I do feel like that's a very, like, American thing to say about anywhere. I do think it is a very universal, like, you go any, you travel anywhere and you're like, oh, they don't know how to drive. It's yeah, I just think like, that's, like, a, just a normal thing to say in America for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, like, cool. Um, I really like the Matt and Melina subplot going on. Like, I'm obsessed with this little girl. Like, mm. she's, she's so mean and I love it. I like He's the He's so line, into it. He's so into it. He's into it. It's, it's so funny. There's this one line where she she goes, "I've said it before. You're weak, weak." And he just like he looks like he's about to faint because he's just like, "Oh my god, Melina!" And it's just like, I love that. I ho- I think that's so funny. 
Um, I died because there's this other line where Apollo is explaining, like, the little market area they're going through. He's like, over there someone was hung to, like, be burned, and over there someone was, like, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, just, like, telling these, like, very dark little, like, odes about this neighborhood. And then Lizzie just laughs as, like, a response. And I'm like, girl, like, (laughs) you can't be doing that, but okay. And then... (laughs) I like the line where Paulo is talking about singing with Lizzie, and he goes, "The music just comes from me." La la la. See, (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny. Um, I really like the scene where those two Italian girls are looking at Ethan, and then word. (laughs) Yeah, and then Gordo says word, and they're like, "Huh?" And he's like, "Oh, that's his name." And then they're like, "Okay," and then. And then they go up to him like, chow word. Chow word. <laughs> chow word. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I love, love, love the like fashion runway montage we get and the song that plays. Oh my God. I love that song where it goes like, you better work. Come oh, yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah. Work it girl. <laughs> Give it a twirl. Do your thing. I feel like that's like in every fashion runway. show scene in 2000s oh, it's, movies and shows. It's such a, that is a bop. Like it's so yummy. Like I'm I'm losing my fucking mind. Like it's so fucking fun. Um and then I like how after she does that whole fashion show thing, she comes out of that building and she throws just a cartwheel in the street to celebrate. It's so quirky. It's so different. Like Lizzie McGuire, like you're so silly. You're so silly. Um, so silly. I like where she goes to sign that man's bicep. And she starts writing Lizzie, and then she scratches it out, because she's like, oops, I'm Isabella now. And then he ends up getting that tattooed later, which is, like, no fucking way. Like, oh my god. So funny. Um, I like every scene where Sergei is helping Lizzie, because I think that is really nice and really sweet. I love like, Sergei. I love Sergei. Um, let's see what else. I think it was so random, but so funny how after Go- Gordo, like, takes the fall for lizzie and is like about to get sent home he gets in the elevator and as the elevator starts to go up ethan goes love lifts us up where we belong and it's like what the fuck does that mean well i think that's supposed to be a lyric from a song right oh is it i'm almost positive love lifts up yeah it's a song that came out in it's called up where we belong came out in the 80s but it's just like a, a, a very popular romance song oh so i think that's why he says that i think he's just quoting the song that's so funny i love ethan so much ethan's great i love ethan he's such a hoot i like how when lizzie tries to lip sync for the first time she's so bad at it that paulo just turns the music off and just stares at her for a minute just like dead faced it's so funny um let's see (laughs) and then of course there's the I love the iconic sing to me Paolo. Sing like, to me Paolo. Sing to me Paolo. Like it's just like, oh fuck, this is so funny. And then I like the scene after that where Paolo's like run off stage, he's so embarrassed, and then Sergey kinda like grabs him and won't let him go and he's like, Let me go. And then he goes, Lizzie McGuire is a nice girl. You tried to hurt her. <laughs> and I'm like, Yes, Sergey! Like, I always remember that as well. Lizzie McGuire is nice girl. Yes, I was like, oh my god, yay! <laughs> And then I absolutely die whenever they do the the scene of Lizzie and Isabella on stage singing together because they're both 
Hillary Duff. And so the they can't have them both in the, in the frame. same frame. <laughs> and so they keep just like doing all these really quick cuts between the two of them and it's like I get dizzy. I'm like <laughs> Yeah, they're constantly there's so much going doing. on. I have so ugh, so many questions about this final performance at, in okay. the Coliseum. I'm going to say and ask you now, might as well. Why okay. does Isabella just bounce at like at some point she's like, "All right, you, you got it from here, Lizzie." Why why does she just leave? I think because the song itself is tied to Isabella and Paolo's work together as a duo. And her whole thing is she's trying to go solo. Like, she's trying to step away from that time in her life. And now that she's, like, done that to Paolo, it's, like, it's easier for her to properly do that. But I think it's also a little bit of, like, this is the song I used to sing with him and I don't really want to do it anymore. Like, I'm going to pass the torch. You th- Okay, that's a very deep answer for a question I oh. thought was just going to be, like... Oh, sorry. I don't know. I, I feel like that that is a good reason. All right, you win. Um, okay. The other question I had was... Okay. The crowd seems extremely unbothered by the fact that Lizzie is on stage and then her doppelganger, Isabella, shows up. Yeah, like, when she comes on stage, there's a little bit more cheering, but I feel like people are not losing their minds the way they need to be. Like, no, they're just like, they're they just don't. like, woohoo! And it's like, guys? Uh, there are is... two people who look exactly the same on stage right yeah, now. This is a huge deal. This like, is a big deal. Which <laughs> like, I don't to understand. my next question is, how, how big is Isabella really? Like, how, you know, they say international pop star Isabella. Is she really that famous if Lizzie had no idea she existed? Yeah, I th- but I th- again, I think that comes from like the very American perspective of like in the 2000s, I think especially like Americans were not the best about like engaging with other countries art, like pop culture wise. And so it's like I could imagine I mean, it's kind of like cape like I know K-pop is huge. K-pop is like universally internationally like a major phenomena, but if you threw down like a picture of a K-pop band and said what band is this? I'd go I've never seen these people in my life. Like I don't know, I don't yeah, know who these people. Yeah, good point. Are. I don't know who who Jimin is or who Yeah. Who, um, yeah. I know that name, but I don't know I don't know that man. I don't know. I can't think of anybody else besides Jimin. Yeah. But I know if someone showed me a photo and was like is this Jimin? I would say I have no idea who exactly. Jimin is. Exactly. So I think it's like that, you know, where it's like... Okay. Yeah. I I thought that as well, but I feel like they should have framed it more as, like, local legend rather than, like, international pop star. That gives off more... Like, we know... I know who Shakira is, and I know what exactly what Shakira looks like. And to me... So true. I think they're trying to make Isabella more of, like, the Shakira-esque level of fame. Yeah. Where I feel like they should have just done it where it was like, oh, she's a... It, Italian legend, like she, mm. everybody knows her, um, that kind of deal, rather than frame her as like this world-renowned star. Okay, yeah, I do kind of like that too, because then it makes it works really well for her wanting to like her whole thing of like I want to go solo, because then it's like you could also add in then that Paolo doesn't want to go solo, partially also because he wants them to stay in Italy because it's exactly easy for them to just be well beloved. Whereas if you go wide, it's like there's room for more like people to not like you. Yes, that would make exactly. sense too. Okay, I see that. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm on that's board the vision that. I have. That's the vision. I okay, have. I like I like that vision. I'm on board. Okay. Um. Okay. Um. Let's see what else. I do really like during her performance, though, the moment where Lizzie, like, rips her ball gown and it goes from being, like, a dress into, like, that little pantsuit. Like, oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a sleigh. Like, that is so cool. I think that's so fun. Um, I 
really like that end scene with Ethan and Kate just because like Oh, I love like, that scene. Honestly, I feel like Ethan ends up being like a really good potential partner because of that cuz she's like verbalizing her feelings and is obviously upset and he like hears her very clearly and then acknowledges what she's feeling and validates it but then also like pushes her to like see beyond like what she's talking about and see that she's like grown as a person which is huge like the fact that he's even noticed that is like wild and then also he encourages her to eat which is just like thank you because that was not happening in the 2000s so like king behavior i was so on board with that little scene i was like this is so sweet like i'm so happy um what else i really like the lizzie and gordo going up in the elevator and like I'm like I'm in tears. Like they're so cute, oh, and then them, I just—it's not. It's the, the, like that when I was a kid. That was like my Super Bowl. Like that was a huge. That like was that was my a downfall as a kid. I was Stop. screaming like that should have been me. <laughs> That's not so you. funny. That's so funny. I was like, oh my god, finally! <laughs> I mean, it's been built up for. If you haven't seen the show, like that's the big like build up through the whole show. More yeah. than anything yeah, is yeah. like. Lizzie and Gordo liking each other. So I'm like, oh my god. And then the last thing I wrote down was just that I really, really love, like, the animated aspect of Lizzie. Specifically, because, like, the way they intercut it, it's like she's always expressing something, like, for the most part, that's a little more, like, negatively fueled. Like, whether because she's embarrassed or she's mad or she, like, wants to be more difficult than she's going to be. Like, I like that this side of her is a little more, like, negative. And then it, like, gives her a space to, like, process those negative emotions, like an inner monologue. And then when you cut back to, like, the real-life Lizzie, like, she, like, does something different. I just think that's, like, a cool way to express, like, what an internal monologue can look like for a teen girl. I'm like, that's so... I really like that aspect, and I'm glad... Like, I mean, they couldn't, like, it would have been impossible for them not to include it in the movie since it's so big in the show, too. But I'm glad it's in the movie because it's just, like, it's fun. I like it a lot. I agree. I agree. That's okay. a really good way to put it. Thank you. Um, Yeah. And then just, I just think this is a really nice, like, send off to the show. Like, it, it's so good. If the show ended after this movie, which it does <sighs> not. Narratively, it would if they'd done things right. I agree. It's it's, it's, narratively speaking, it's a really nice send off to these characters and these stories, except for Miranda, who is not there. Oh yeah, she's just in Mexico City. She's in Mexico City, according to the movie. I love how they really made a point to say like, "Oh, Miranda, she's not here. She's in Mexico City helping her grandma or something like that." That kills me. I'm like, huh? Like, what do you? All right, like. It's clear they knew they had to address it. I mean, she was the second biggest character on the show. Yeah. And for her not to be there was a big deal. So the line I'm, is really yeah. funny. It just feels kind of out of place because she's like, Gordo, how do I look? He's like, I don't know. Uh, I'm a guy. I don't like clothes. And she's like, well, yeah. don't you know Miranda, the character that's in the show that you do, that's really popular? Well, she's not here right now. Yeah. So I need you to be Miranda. And it's like, oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, I'm surprised they don't do what they do with um, the class president where they're kind of like, oh, she's like. She the the teacher like jokingly is like she has oh, a bola. she might have a bola, which is such a wild thing to say in general, but also especially because like ten years later, like we actually did start having like Ebola cases in the U.S. But it's just like like I I gasped. I was like, you did not just say that. Like I oh know. my god. I know. But I am surprised they don't go that route either with her of like oh she's sick. 
You know what I mean? Like they're like, I think no, they, no. They really needed her to be out of the country because okay, if okay. she's sick, why doesn't Lizzie go visit her before going? You so know? true. Or like call her. Okay, yeah, okay. I think they really needed her to be like somewhere far and unreachable. That's okay, kind okay. of the goal there. That makes sense. You basically knocked it out of the park in terms of scenes. Uh, I, I really don't know what you. else to add. Uh, I'm just looking um, through everything here. I, I you basically got it all. I have so many things to add when we get to uh, intrusive thoughts, so we'll just wait for that. Okay. Uh, Okay. okay. Uh, Where are we at? Secret MVP. Who do you think doesn't get enough attention Um, for being so great? I wrote down Ethan Kraft. Oh, that's a good one. Ethan Kraft is great. And, you know, you kind of went on a little tangent about his king behavior, and I agree. I think Ethan Kraft is great in this. He's so great. I I almost wrote Ethan, actually, but I was like, I feel like Joe might write Ethan. So I did I did write Ethan. You're right. Yeah. Uh, so I wrote Melina because I just think she's so fun. I just think oh, she's so fun. Melina's good. And I'm kind of honestly bummed that she didn't find a way to get to go to Italy with them too. Like mm. I wish she would have like convinced the, their parents to let her come too or something. Like that'd I feel like that would have cool. been so. That would have been super fun. Okay. But it's fine. Is Paolo not a secret MVP because he's a very good villain? No, because I I just hate that guy's guts. I don't want to give him any awards. It'll go to his head. Let me ask you something. How did you feel about the twist when you first saw it? Do you remember being like, oh, my God, Paolo's the bad guy? Yeah, I was super upset. Were you gagged? I was, a, I was just, yeah, because I was just a little baby, you know? Like, I was just a little <laughs> kid watching that. So I was just like, I was so I was so much like Lizzie where I was like, oh, my God, like, I believe him at face value. Like, everything he's saying adds up. And then I was so like, oh, he can't sing. Oh, he's being mean to Isabella. Like, I was just like, oh, my God. And then I did write down, though, for that betrayal, I was wondering, <laughs> do you think Paolo doing what he's doing is a better or worse betrayal than, like, Hans from Frozen's big reveal mm. of a betrayal? I feel like those two are almost a little equivalent. I think I think Hans is, is probably the worst because mm. of the degree of what he's trying to, to achieve. So true. Okay, so, so I mean, He's trying so to rule true. all of Arendelle that's by right. that's true. swindling Anna. So I think that's pretty okay. fucked up. Okay. Paolo is is trying to ruin Isabella's career, which I don't understand why he's doing that again. Like what what's the purpose? Because he can't like he can't sing. So it's like he needs her. So it's a little bit oh, of Oh, so like, if she goes solo, he's left in the But why can't he just continue yeah. to lip sync? Um, I honestly don't know. I think it also is a, I think ultimately it's a little bit of like he jealousy. can tell it's jealousy and I think he can also tell that of the two of them like Isabella's probably the favorite. Mm. Because also she has natural talent, which I think people are going to gravitate more towards, you know, naturally. And so I think he can sense that and so like it's from like that perspective of like I could go solo, but like there's no guarantee. Like what's selling is like us as a package deal got it got it yeah okay mm-hmm. all right all right well i think yeah, he's yeah. a pretty good villain and i i would give him yeah. props for being a good villain he is a good villain he gagged me when i was younger i was like i did not expect paulo right to be back. i mean especially when you get these kind of movies you you i don't know how often you get a movie like this when we were younger where the guy she falls in love with ends up being the villain it doesn't happen often you kind of expect no. to go a more normal route of like yeah, she falls in love with him and then maybe it doesn't work out or she realizes... Like, I kind of expected a more and more traditional route of she meets Paolo. They have this great time in Italy. Uh, and then, like, they kiss. And as then when she kisses him, she realizes, oh, I really don't like you. I like Gordo. And it's just, mm, like, that yeah. kind of breakup. Not like yeah. a vindictive singer trying to 
take down his uh, partner, it kind of goes yeah. in a wild direction. It really does, especially because, like, if you think about it, like, like the decoms and just, like, all of the, like, Disney-based movies that are, like, live-action like that, usually the villain is a very, like, like, it's transparent from the get-go. Like, you know who the villain is right exactly, off the bat. Exactly, exactly. You're super right on that. It was, like, very shocking as a kid to watch this and be I like, know. no fucking way. Like, what do you mean? M. Night Shyamalan found in a ditch. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Do, uh, do you okay. think Edward Cullen likes the Lizzie McGuire movie? This is a complicated one. Oh, gosh. Here we go. Let's hear it. So on one hand, I think, yeah, he'd love it because he's watching a S- Palo 17 preying on a 13-year-old girl. And he'd go, oh, my God, relatable. So uh, <laughs> so on one hand, I think he'd like is it Palo for that. 17? I looked it up. I Googled it because I was distraught. I was like, what's going on? I need to oh know everyone's God. ages. And I looked it up. And Lizzie's probably like 13, 14, and Palo is like 17 years old. Wow. Because he can drive, you know, like he has to be old enough to drive. Well, I don't know. Italy is a weird place. It probably can fucking do a lot of things at young ages. Well, so that's what's complicated, too. I This is why people think maybe Lizzie was 14, because the age of consent in Italy is 14. So they mm. think that might be, they, that's why people are like, I think probably she was like 14. But I was okay. just, I was still like, no. Well, how young do you, to, or how old do you have to be to drive in Italy? Uh, I don't know, actually. You probably could be driving up. Italy like at fucking 10 years old. Who knows? It's... How old do you have to be to oops to drive in Italy? That kind of rhymes. Eighteen years old. Oh, oh my god, that makes it so oh, much worse. Oh no. Oh, he's in a man. He's a man. He's an adult. Okay. Anyways, yeah. So that's fucked up. So for on one hand, I think Edward would like it because he's like relatable. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, I think he would really not like it because Italy brings back a lot of bad memories for him. Oh that's my where, gosh, of that's course. That's where he almost, that's where he almost died and Bella almost died because, and then the Volturi peer pressured them into him turning Bella into a vampire. So it's just that, that was not a good time for him. Good so I think point. this is a very, this is a complicated one for him. Very conflicted very while torn. watching it. Yes, exactly. I'm so <laughs> glad to have you here to, to break this down every episode because I could never do that. That's so funny. I honestly, it's probably the most useful function for my Twilight love. Like, I've ever, <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever had a more useful reason to love Twilight than this. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. Okay. Okay. How iconic is blank? Okay. You ready? Yeah. How iconic is the name Gordo? Honestly, probably like an eight. Like, it's kind of a sleigh. I like it. I will say it's a eight seems reasonable for one reason. Okay. Do you know anybody else in the entire world named Gordo? No, exactly. Like, no, it's just him. Just one. Just, yeah. Just Gordo. What a nickname. What a nickname. I, I think that's pretty impressive to be the only Gordo in the entire world. Like, some people's names evoke different people. Like, you think of Joe, you yeah. think of a million different Joes. But Gordo, if you ask 10 people who's Gordo, they're all going to say the same person. Do you think any of the people who grew up in the early 2000s who have babies now, do you think anyone named their baby Gordo? Oh, my God. I bet. I bet they did. I bet there's some Gordos out there. You think so? Dude, there's Renesmees. Yeah, but like, Renesmee co- is more of a cultural impact than Gordo. Gordo is a big cultural impact for people who grew up in the 2000s and loved Lizzie McGuire. Do I think there's any Gordos out there? I feel like there's got to be like at least one or two. That would suck. I mean, Gordo's a good nickname, but as a legal name, I would never name a child Gordo. I know. Maybe they name their kid Gordon, 
And then they call him Gordo. That I could see. That I could okay. see. Okay. Okay. There's probably somebody out there. Probably. Okay. I would Google it, but I'm, I'm just going to get Lizzie McGuire Gordo. I know. We Yeah. It will be impossible to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, how iconic is Vespa's in Italy? Oh, my God. Like 20. 20 out of 10. And I'm always like, is this accurate? Like, or or are or are Italians just so fed up? They're like, fuck Vespas. We don't even ride Vespas anymore. <laughs> like, there's got to be something like bi- like better than a Vespa now, I feel like. What like, do you mean? I don't know. Just like an upgrade. Like, is Vespa really like the car? best they've got? No, just like something like a Vespa, but better. What is between a Vespa and a car? Like, what, what is, is Vespa better? Than- a br- okay, wait, let's backtrack. Is Vespa a brand or is Vespa the style of car i'm fairly thing. sure vespa is the brand is like the it's just like so, okay. it's like saying oh you drive a beetle okay yeah yeah yeah. so then i'm saying isn't there like something like better than a vespa now like isn't there a bougie vespa out there that everyone's all about now we don't know because all we talk about is vespas in hollywood it's probably vespa is probably the prestige scooter <sighs> i feel like it it's got to have changed by now yeah, I don't think so. I think Vespa is just an iconic brand that's always been the leader of all scooters. Someone from someone from Italy, please subscribe to our Patreon and tell us. Well, this is public. Oh yeah, it is. Okay, I'm gonna look it up. Scooter brands in Italy. Vespa number one. That's why. Okay, okay, go off. It's a twelve. Twenty. L- Lambretta. Okay. Piaggio. Okay. Bonelli. Okay. Uh, I, you don't know any of these. I don't know why I'm reading to you. No, I yeah. I'm just in every time you say a word, I'm like Vespa. That's what I'm. What is the most popular scooter in Italy? Vespa. Vespa Damn. is an iconic Italian scooter manufacturer. Was founded in 1946. It's become the iconic symbol of Italy ever since. How they did also they make the deal? best Italian mopeds. Oh, what's the difference between a fun. moped and a scooter? Um, maybe one is thinner than the other. Hmm. Okay. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> what is the best brand of scooter? Number one, Vespa. This is in the wow. world. Wow. Oh, wow. Number okay, two, go off. Go the off Honda Vespa. Forza. Number three, Suzuki Bergman. Oh. Four, Yamaha T-Max. But number one, that. Vespa. Okay. All right. I, I retract what I said. Vespa, you win. Yeah, you put it's some not respect just, on Vespa's name. It's not just Americans being like, I heard one Italian brand and I'm going to use it for everything we ever make. It's just accurate. Okay. Yeah, that's it's good. Just accurate. Okay. okay. 20 um, out of 10. Cool. Let me yeah. ask you this. How iconic, and maybe not how iconic, is spaghetti and meatballs the most iconic Italian dish? I feel like if you ask someone who's like actually no Italian, no no don't ask Italians. Oh okay, because if I think if we asked Italians, they would go no. Italians <laughs> would probably would slap me for saying that. Yeah, but let's, let's let an average American. Average American, it's that or pizza. Oh, good point. Pizzas. Yeah, pizzas. I'm actually really surprised they never really talk about pizza in this movie. I will say though. When I go to Italian restaurants, I never get pizza. Oh, really? I, uh, that's true, actually. I think I, yeah, I don't know. I, I usually go for chicken alfredo. Okay, yeah. I usually go for uh, um, chicken parm. Is that, is mm, it? I go for chicken parm a lot. Chicken parm is really good. Um, sometimes some raviolis. Ooh, I love a good ravioli. And pastas. All pastas are good. 
Yeah. But do you think spaghetti meatballs is the <sighs> not premier, but like the most iconic Italian dish in America? Honestly, maybe yeah, because I feel like even though like pizza is probably the more prevalent of the two, pizzas become I feel like really Americanized. Exactly. I like yeah. I said, I, I go to Italian restaurants. I don't go. I don't get pizza because I know yeah. I'll just order Domino's the next week and right. be happy. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Whereas spaghetti meatballs has remained relatively like very like this is Italian. A, I mean a real Italian would be like that's a nut. <laughs> this yeah. is how you make spaghetti and meatballs. But like. yeah i feel like i like when i think about like spaghetti meatballs i always envision that lady in the tramp scene and like it's like they go to like an italian restaurant restaurant, yeah yeah, and it's like very like they're like oh we're italian we're giving you spaghetti meatballs it's like oh when the moon's in the sky like a big pizza pie my italian listeners right now are so upset with us I feel really bad. I'm so sorry, you guys. <laughs> I was supposed to go to Italy in May and I didn't go. So that's I why know. I'm like this. Sydney just got back. What that Sydney? Yeah. She was oh, in Italy yeah. For like two weeks. Oh, my God. Sydney, phone yeah. in. Phone <laughs> in. Um, how iconic is Sing to Me, Paolo? Oh, 11. Oh, I agree. I agree. Like, that's so iconic. On that same note, how iconic is the song What Dreams Are Made Of? Ooh, probably 10. Well, okay, let me frame it this way. Oh, Is okay. it Hilary Duff's most iconic song? Oh, honestly, unfortunately, like, yeah, I think so. You think so? Kind of. I feel like I feel like people are not as familiar with her music now. Well, to support your argument, I googled Hilary Duff songs and what dreams are made of is the first it's song that comes one. up. Yeah, because also, like... That song is so easy to, like, put into, like, a, a meme format, you know? Like, I've seen so many TikToks of what? people being, like... That's, that's my, like, literally I have one of those questions on here. <laughs> no, that's so funny. Because there's that one version, it's some guy singing it, which I'm like, who are you? Get out of here. And, but he's singing it, and they, like, not to be too, like, stereotypical, but, like, older, like white millennial women always use that song with the guy singing it to like show off like their little vacation they're going on with their family yes. or whatever. Well, yeah. okay, let me provide some backstory. Okay, okay. This guy, I don't know who he is on TikTok, but he takes popular songs and oh, slows okay. them down to make oh. them wedding songs. So like that's oh. like that's like his like whole shtick is that he takes popular pop songs or like rock songs, or just popular mm-hmm. music. That's not really wedding vibe. And then he plays it in a way that could be like, here's how you could make this song your wedding song. And so that's oh. why uh, the What Dreams Are Made Of got insanely popular because he took that song and he slowed it down. So it's like, hey, now, hey, now. And it's like him doing it all slow and stuff. Oh. It's supposed to be like, oh, you want to use this for your wedding song? Now you can. I, I, I made it for you. Oh, okay. And it's well, been co-opted nice. by, you know, like older white millennial women who are like, yeah. look at me uh, opening the doors to my hotel room. And it's like, now it's that song playing kind of yeah. bullshit. Yeah, so which is like, is... I mean, go off. If that's your dream, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> like, you've gotten it. That's so great. And, like, I don't want to, like, knock uh, that because, like, so I don't know. so happy we brought up the Hey but, Now song or the yeah, TikTok song. It's funny. It's in it. But, yeah, so, like, I mean, that like, that's the only Hillary Duff song I ever hear. Okay, that's, that's in, like, fair. day to day. You know that's what I fair. mean? I, yeah. I will but, say, yeah. So Yesterday by her is also very good. Uh, it's, come I mean, Clean. Oh, yeah. 
I'm not saying her other songs aren't good. We've talked about this also. I am a huge Metamorphosis fan. Yeah. But, but iconic I don't think CD cover. Amazing CD cover. But I don't yeah. think most people are listening to Metamorphosis anymore. I I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. Okay. Sad. All right. My favorite Hillary Duff song is uh, "Wake Up," and "Beat Ooh. of My Heart." So if you guys want to listen to that, I highly recommend it. They're pretty fun. Okay. Good box. There you go. Good job. Okay. Cold take, warm take, hot take. Do you want to go first oh, this I, time, or do you want? Or actually, you went first last time. Should I go first? You should, because I'm panicking because I didn't have this in the revisiting master outline that I had saved. Oh, okay, okay. Well, if you don't need, if you need to skip it, that's okay. We we have a basically we talked for an hour and a half already. <laughs> we've we've been recording for so long. <laughs> okay, here, here's my cold take, warm take, hot take. Cold take. Okay. Italian food is uh, top three international foods. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Pretty cold, right? That's, that's... Yeah. Okay. I, I thought for a second you were going to fight me on that, but I'm glad you're oh, not. Oh, no. I love Italian food. Okay, perfect. Warm take. Here we go. Uh-oh. Repeating outfits, not a big deal. That's not a warm take. You think that's cold? I think, well, no, we talked about that. It's hard to say. I Yeah, that's good warm take. Okay. okay repeating I mean, I outfits as a teenager should not be a big deal. Yes, I agree. Wear the same shirt every day. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Hot take. Oh, no. <laughs> high school graduations. Now, I know this movie's not high school, but I I thought it was when I wrote this down. So, so okay, perfect. I'm going to go with it. <laughs> high school graduations, not a big deal. We should not celebrate them. It is way too big of an ordeal. We need to just say congrats and move on. Uh, the whole ceremony is lame. Uh, the celebrations afterwards, lame. They are not that big of a deal. Why are we celebrating something that... Most school districts really, really make it a point to graduate you, even if you suck. There are a lot of people in my high school who are like, you are, you did not pass that class. But they still graduated because districts really need that to happen. It's not that big of a milestone is what I'm getting at. Not that big of a deal. That, that's, I think that's it my is hot a take. big milestone. Oh, Why? I, totally, yeah, I always so vehemently disagree with your uh, hot takes. It's fascinating. Did you try really hard to graduate? Were you worried at any point in your life that you would not graduate? Yeah, I almost flunked junior year. Yeah, right. I did because I was... would not let you flunk. I, I guarantee you that. We were getting letters because I was so like deeply mentally ill. I wasn't going to school. And well, it was if you're like... not going to school, that's a little bit different. But if you're going to school, okay. they're going to pass you. Mm, it, it was not looking too good. Well, you I'll graduated. I'll say that. I did. I. I mean, I got it turned around. I got. Be- I got a little more stable. I got back on my feet, but it was rough. I think. I think it should still be a big deal because there are people who have like really, like serious situations where like it's hard for them to graduate. So even if even if you can make the argument of like they're gonna pass you no matter what, like in the moment, like it can feel very much like I'm not gonna make it, and that can be scary. And it also is a big deal for people who like. I don't know. There's something about like kids who had to like work full time jobs while also going to high school, where it's like, yeah, they. I think they deserve to like s- be celebrated properly for graduating. You know what I mean? Or like the kids who like neither of their parents graduated high school and now, but now they are. It's like that's such a big like win for them, but also for the family. And I also think it's like a great way to just like properly like shut the door on like your public education, like 
because, I mean, obviously a lot of kids still go to college, but, like, from, from high, like, high school, the end of high school is where, like, the, the option for your path in life, like, branches off into, like, so many different areas, and, like, as, like, an 18-year-old, you're still a baby, and you just kind of get pushed into that. Like, it's, like, okay, either get a job, go to college, like, do something, like, there's so many different things that need to get figured out, whereas, like, in high school, it's, like, everyone's kind of on the same track still. So it's, like, I feel like it is good to celebrate them. Here's my counter to a couple of those. okay. I admit there are people who have to work through high school. There are people who are have families who have not graduated high school. Although I do think that number is dwindling as we get more and more into the later years. I feel like that number was high when our parents were around. I don't know many. Maybe in my, my school. I don't know anybody who dropped out of high school in my high school. Oh, I knew I knew people. I I knew none, maybe one. So my argument is that th- those numbers are are low. The percentage of of people who are uh, are working through high school are working. I mean, working full time through high school. I mean, I, I worked a part time job in high school. Um, yeah, me too. Wasn't that big of a deal? I mean, like I I was able to do it on weekends and uh, graduating was like. I mean, I, I didn't get like all A's, but. I think most, I would say like 90% of my class just, you know, they just coasted through high school. Like it wasn't like a very difficult task to pass high school. Now, there are, I will say there are people who, yeah, they struggle and their parents are, are, are didn't graduate high school. And it's a big moment. Yeah, sure. That, that exists for every type of graduation. The same thing for middle school too. Middle school graduation, a uh, bunch of bullshit. Did you have a middle school graduation? Yeah, it was Bullshit. a big deal. Not a big deal. No, no it is not a big deal. deal. It's you're, a very you're, big you're shift. You're leaving middle school no matter what. Big shift yeah. for what? You, for what? your life. You're, you're going, going from to being a, st- a <laughs> your transition. No, it's not. It's not like school related. It's like literally like how you're perceived as a person in society. You're like, still looked at as a kid. In a, in one sense, but also no. Like once you get to high school, it's like you need to grow the fuck up. Like you need to figure out what you're gonna do with the rest of your life. Like that kind of energy. The second you get to high school, so it's like that's I, a big I guess change. Maybe because maybe I'm operating in a, in a position where I was forced to grow up at a very young age. So like I was too, but I also can look at it from a wider perspective. <laughs> trans- middle school to high school mean meant nothing, nothing to me. It was like going to another year of school. And I, I mean, you went, yeah. here's, here's my evidence to this recently. My godson, who has just started high school, I was like, how's high school? Big difference? And he said to me, no, was his initial response to me. Now, maybe you're right uh, in the sense that, yeah, okay, in a school perspective, there's no difference. Yeah. As a life perspective as an adult, I mean, I'll, t- I'll be, I look at him exactly the same. He's, he's still a 14-year-old kid who plays Fortnite every week and loves tyler the creator and i don't Fun. see him as uh i mean i will i will see him as when he turns 18 i think 18 is a big deal but i think graduating high school is not a big deal i hated my high school graduation it was hot it was exhausting i took some photos with my friends who have taken photos with every day of my life uh and i was like all right uh, this is it we're good let's let's go to disneyland and that's what we did I, I mean i hated my graduation too why but... it was such a big deal though it is a big deal, but also I didn't have, like, a lot... It, it's a big deal because I made it, because I almost didn't make it, but I didn't like it because, like, I didn't have any friends. Oh. Like, well, yeah. Get all sad on me. Jeez. Okay, well... 
I, I, I'm coming at you with this. <laughs> I just don't think it's a big deal. I, I like. That's fine. Dread it when I have to Live go. Live your truth. I, I just like sitting things. Sitting in the hot bleachers. Oh. I like when we celebrate things, and I like people getting to be happy and so like so excited for each other. And I think, unfortunately, in day to day life, we have a tendency not to do stuff like that on like a small scale. So having you think excuse, so? Yeah. Oh, you don't absolutely. think we like celebrate too much? Well, I sound like a boomer right now, but I know you literally. I'm like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think we like celebrate too many like little wins? No, I think we should celebrate more little wins. It's a mm. fucking miracle that we're all alive. Like, it's actually insane that sure. we're alive. So many people die every year. Like, it's amazing that we are living, breathing people right now. And, like, you never know when it'll be over. And, like, I'd much rather celebrate the most stupid little things in the entire world every day. And, like, have that, like, moment kind of thing. Rather than, like, not celebrate anything. You know what I mean? I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> should, should, should we celebrate our 150th episode? Yeah. I guess. I wasn't going to, but I guess we could. That's fun and exciting. Should we celebrate our 140th episode? If you want, yeah. Why not? Cause that's a lot of work. Have, I guess. I guess it's so. a lot of work. You know, it, it is a lot of work. It's more work than you know, like high school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, obviously, yes. <laughs> okay. All right. That's my hot take. Is that I don't think okay. high school graduation is a big deal. Wow. Hated it. Hated it. Oh my god. All right. What's your what's your cold take? Warm take? Hot take? <sighs> my cold take is that. Or did you have any? Because I know you didn't. You didn't prepare any. You don't have to make it up on the spot. I'm ready. Okay. I think my cold take is that Ethan is great and he deserves the world, and I hope he does well in high school. I think he will. I think I, he'll be okay. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. My warm take is that Ungermeyer and Sergey having their like little flirty thing is so silly honestly because it's like it just feels like that thing that like disney especially does where it's like everyone has to pair off oh like, everyone, yeah 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 everyone has to like someone in the end and like i just think that's it's so silly that these two people are like oh hello like yeah, we're it's, two like, tough adults so yeah. we immediately are attracted to each other exactly it's like guys let's be serious i think that's silly um my hot take is that i think kate is a lesbian and she's in love with lizzie mcguire that's a good hot take Thank you. I think it's, I think it's, I think she's a femme lesbian and she loves Lizzie. She's so obsessed with Lizzie. I, I mean, she does give off those vibes. And so in high school, when she comes out, hopefully she does. I know. And I it also is together. so, it's so like typical, like queer women, like as a child kind of thing, because it's like when you're like queer as a kid and you don't know you're queer, like you have like a best friend who like, it's almost like towing that line a little bit of like, are we flirting or are we just being best friends? And then usually those end in like some c catastrophe that feels like a big breakup. And Lizzie and Kate literally did that. Like they're not friends anymore. So I'm like, they're so like Kate's lesbian. Like she's a lesbian. That's a good hot take. I love that one. Thank you. I'm That's proud of myself. Almost as good as high school graduation not being a big deal. Oh my god! This is just <laughs> like you. Uh, this is just this is exactly the same as. Oh, I think digging holes is good. <laughs> <laughs> I I am living the truth of this cat of this segment of this podcast. You are of providing a hot take. You are. You do a very good job. There are people probably arguing in the car right now, saying. 
I agree, or probably a lot of people, I don't know. I don't know what the majority consensus will be on my hot take on high school graduation. I know that one will be that. I feel like that one in particular would be an interesting one to get, put it as a poll or something. Maybe I will. Is high school graduation a big deal? Yeah. Word it exactly like that though. Okay. I will. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. We'll get back okay. with uh, some numbers. Okay. <laughs> Intrusive thoughts. I, I think every single one of them we've talked about on the way here. Um, I'm I'm trying to look. Oh, um, for the first like two minutes of the movie, I got fr- I got really confused and thought I accidentally put on Agent Cody Banks. Oh, because, really? Because of just like the spy the music spy, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. the way it's shot. Like it took me a second to understand it was Matt, and I was like, "Am I like what what happened? Like when you click Lizzie McGuire, is it playing Cody Banks? Like what's going on?" I got really confused. Remember that episode where Frankie Muniz and Lizzie McGuire they meet? Yes. That was a big deal. Yes, that was a big deal. Oh my god, the crossover. Crossover. Yeah, that was my um, multiverse of madness. Oh, truly. Um, okay, let's see. Uh Paolo is literally like every man I've ever dated in my life, and this is why I don't I'm not attracted to men anymore. <laughs> um, <okay. laughs> wow. um let's see. I kept thinking Matt's name was Max. Why? But because I kept I kept getting I just kept thinking about Max Keeble's big move. Love Max Keeble's big move. Great movie. That food fight in that movie is so fucking fun. Have oh you ever been God. in a real food fight? No, never. I have. I think you've said this. I think, because did you start it? I, I did not start it. Whoa, what's oh, that okay. assumption? Uh, <laughs> I don't I'm know. I'm the problematic you... kid because I don't think high school graduation is a big deal. You think <laughs> I started food fights now? Yeah, I'm accusing you. <laughs> I know you look at me differently now. I can tell. No, 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 no. I can tell. No. I did not start the food fight. It was raining that day. So, of course, when it rains, schools freak out. And they're like, we need to fucking cattle everybody. Uh, Not cattle. We need to corral everybody into the gym so they can eat in there where it's not wet. Oh, wow. That's dangerous. We were a big school. I mean, California California school. So, half the school went into the cafeteria. And then other half went into the gym the gym yeah and so that means everybody has to sit on the fucking gym floor and eat yeah yeah and someone threw something at somebody and that escalated and eventually food was flying everywhere and oh my God. someone threw a chicken sandwich and hit the vice principal mr austin <gasps> right in the side of the face and he deserved <gasps> it because he was a fucking prick Oh my god, go off. And so that was my food fight experience. My backpack I hit with a bunch of yogurt. That sucked. Oh, uh, that does suck. It was really fun to be in the food fight. Like a real, real food fight. I literally, I remember though, like eating lunch every day. Like I was ready. Like if a food fight had started, I would have absolutely. (laughs) Like I was always, I feel like I distinctly remember saying to my friends like all the time at lunch, like wouldn't it be funny if, we had a food fight and everyone would be like, no. And I'd be like, oh, <laughs> but, I oh but I'm ready. I, I was super ready. I was like, oh, but it'd be fun. It'd be like the movies. Like I was always just so ready, but Can it never happened. Can you think of the most iconic food fight in a movie? I, th- I, I mean, for me, it's definitely Max Keeble. Like oh. that's the one I think, of, that's the one I think of the most like distinctly for sure. Oh, mine is definitely not that one. What one are you thinking of? Did you ever see the movie It Takes Two with Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen? No. Oh, it has Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen and Kirstie Alley. Oh, fun. I can't remember who else is in it. Basically, they're they're twins. They didn't, they, you know, they didn't realize right. they were twins. One of yeah. them 
it's the fucking and I'm, I'm saying it out loud i'm like realizing how obvious it is one is uh the daughter of a very affluent man the other is uh, an orphan oh, oh my god they like meet at like summer camp essentially and so parent trap yeah and so the whole thing is that they're trying to get the dad to break up with the uh the mean, oh, mean stepmom step that he's oh about to marry. Oh my god! Oh my god! Anyway, so they're at camp in like in like a lodge, and like there's a big food fight breaks out. That's a very Ooh, iconic moment for me. Uh, okay, well, why are we talking about food fights again? Um, I brought up Max Keeble's big move. Oh, love that movie. That to love me that is like why the movie I loved is the equivalent to what uh, Gen Z loves about like uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. It feels like that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's super that's a good comparison actually. Oh, okay. I love that movie. Um Oh, I wrote down the question out of like Lizzie's little fashion show she does, which of those like couture outfits was is your favorite? I don't remember any of them. I'm so, <gasps> I'm so sorry. I can't remember any of them right now. Oh, I'm gagged. Okay, well, I'll tell you mine. My okay, favorite first. my favorite is the green one that she's wearing at the end and it's got that big like fake headpiece mm. and it's very like marie antoinette mm. and she like there's these little beaded tassels hanging down on her forehead and then she when she grabs them she pulls like she tries to pull them off and it like pulls the length of her skirt up that's the one i remember the most i'm realizing i got up to get some chips at this point because i don't <gasps> know what, what, the fuck? what you're even talking about right now so uh, joe because there's that one and then there's one where they blow it up with air pumps and it's like a like a snow dress kind of thing and then mm. there's one made out of lights that she like walks too far and it pulls the the plug out of the socket and mm. then there's one where um she's wearing this like kind of like almost like gothic like denim like thing and it's like a mummy wrap and there's a little bit of it dragging on the floor and that little dog runs up and grabs it and pulls and starts like unraveling her yeah none of this sounds familiar at all joe i'm sick are you talking the same movie yes are you sure this is lizzie yes this is lizzie mcguire this is this is when she goes to that fashion designer lady and she's like we have to figure out what outfit you're gonna wear for the 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 concert and then at the end paulo is like you have to like defend yourself you got to speak up for yourself and then so then lizzie's like i don't want you to pick for me i want to pick for myself and then she picks out the fabric that becomes her outfit for the performance huh yeah okay that that sounds familiar i'm sick (laughs) that's such a that's like one of the best parts of the whole movie. I know earlier you brought it up was your favorite scene. I was like, I don't remember that. Yeah. Just gonna let you keep talking. I can't believe you. <laughs> That's wild. Um, uh, okay. okay. My Those... last one. Yeah, see, what is on. yours? My other one I wrote down was I want to mention that Lizzie falling down in the bathtub <gasps> while they framed it as a funny joke. Falling so down scary. in the bathtub is a very serious and scary moment. Yeah, that scared me. <laughs> and many people die doing that, uh, yeah. falling in the bathtub. Many older folks, I know it's like, oh, I broke my hip. But uh, breaking your hip in the bathtub is very common. Yeah. And I just want to say that while it was a funny moment, I do not appreciate them normalizing it as a comedic no. thing when many people get hurt. W- one time... I slipped in the bath and like almost <gasps> fell. And I oh, swear to oh. God, my life flashed before my eyes. I no, thought yeah. I was dead. I thought I was going to die. Yeah. That 
I've also like slipped pretty bad in the shower and I've had the same thing where I'm like, I'm going to fall. I'm going to break my neck. Yeah. There's no, you you hit your head on like the porcelain or the tile. You're fucking done for. uh, Or if you hit the back of your head right on the like, um, I don't know what to call that. Like the spigot where the water comes out. Yeah. If you were taking a bath instead, if you hit your head on that, like you're fucked. It's dangerous in there it's yeah that's like a big fear of mine like i'm i'm really worried about it <laughs> it's a it's a i know it sounds like a dumb fear and people are like what falling in the bathtub dude get wait. older the yeah, moment just get you a little older one time you're gonna realize <laughs> that is a dangerous place the bathtub. so scary it's so scary yeah uh the other thing i wrote down is uh i, I already talked about her accent being terrible one of the worst yeah. italian accents i've ever heard in my life it's not good no. Props to Hillary Duff for trying it, but oh my god. I mean, so I bad. guess, but also like fuck Disney for not paying for like an accent coach. Like I... where was the accent coach? <laughs> uh yeah, pretty bad. That's yeah. all I wrote down though. Everything else we talked okay. about already. Yeah, we've kind of we've got it all. Okay. Last section. Three recommendations if you love my the Lizzie McGuire movie. Part. Yes. Here we go. I wrote down a Cinderella story, obviously. Ooh, if you're a big that's Hillary a good one. Duff fan. Okay, good one. If you haven't seen it more upset with you but it's a good movie it's so good love the cinderella story that's one we'll do eventually as well okay cool Uh, i also wrote down bring it on i love bring it on i don't know if you want a good teen comedy with uh basically all women uh bring it on kicks ass yeah and then i wrote down oceans 12 because it takes place in italy and i love oceans 12 what a wild card and i want people to watch oceans 12 because it's one of my favorite (laughs) movies ever that's so funny i was gonna say okay. roman holiday since they write vespas in that but oh that's, that's a boring pick compared to oceans 12 oh, okay all right well all right what's your three <laughs> okay um i picked candle shoe from 1977 oh which God. what it's it actually i'm pretty sure it's on disney plus i think it's a disney it uh has a young jodie foster and she is playing like this like tomboyish girl who is approached by a con man and he basically is like i want you to pretend to be this rich british woman's long lost granddaughter and you'll help me find like a secret treasure and so she goes along with it and then obviously like she kind of starts to fall in love with like the family she's like trying to trick and all that but it's like a treasure honey kind of like i'm pretending to be someone i'm not kind of thing it's really good okay highly recommend um then i pulled sleepover from 2004 oh no that's a good one that's a good one but that's also another one where it's like these girls are like 13 14 years old and they're being approached by much older boys like a senior in high school and it's supposed to be like romantic and that's kind of ick but if you haven't heard of that movie it has like basically a million and five like iconic like teen actors from the 2000s and it's about this group of teen girls who like the summer before their first year of high school they sneak out during a sleepover to participate in like a scavenger hunt around the city and it just like turns into like proper like full-fledged like hijinks it's very 2000s cool um and then the other one i picked was beans from 2020 um and this is like yeah, it's really good. It's This is definitely like a tonal shift, but I picked it because the main girl in that is 12 years old too. And it's about this girl who's like kind of ju- like towing that line between like childhood innocence and then like the realities of adolescence in the 1990s. And she lives in Quebec and 
it's during the Oka crisis. So she's like this indigenous teen girl kind of like swept up in the like fighting going on between Quebec and like the indigenous nations of the like that area. Is it pronounced Quebec? What what do you say? Quebec? Quebec. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be Quebec. I'm just going <laughs> off today. <laughs> I took okay. French. I took French. That's what's the most embarrassing thing about that. I should have I know. said that right. I know. We'll okay. move on. It's fine. Okay. Beans. Um. Yeah, but I think that's kind of interesting just because, like, I think it goes into the more, like, intimate, like, vulnerable sides of Lizzie McGuire that we see more so in the show than the movie. Yeah, but I, think I it's... love when Lizzie McGuire deals with, like, the revolution in Italy and, like, the really okay, hardships okay, okay. of Italy. <laughs> that's the best part of the movie is when she's yeah. reckoning with that. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, the reckoning of her middle-class America. Where do you think she lives, by the way? Lizzie? Yeah. Do we know? I don't remember. Where does Lizzie McGuire live? I want to say like somewhere Midwest, but it could also be California. Hmm. Hmm. I I think it's somewhere Midwest. So that would be my yeah. guess. It feels the most like uh, like appropriate. Hmm. Uh, my last question to you before we end our our segment or before we end our episode on Lizzie McGuire. Okay. There was supposed to be a Lizzie McGuire continuation many, many years later. There was a lot of talks of bringing it back. Actually, it was very close. Disney Plus was to make a Lizzie McGuire show where it takes place where Lizzie is an adult. They had like a plot premise and everything. Were you aware of this? There's actually two spinoffs that were supposed to happen. I wasn't aware then. of the other spinoff. What's the first spinoff? Well, okay. So, sorry. So, I'm talking about there's yours that was supposed to be a thing and then there's this other one. In 2004, they were talking about like, and well, initially they wanted to turn Lizzie McGuire into like a high school show for ABC, mm-hmm. but Hilary Duff was having all her contract problems with Disney, so that wasn't going to work out. And then in 2004, like the end of 2004, they ordered a pilot for a spinoff where it would have centered around Miranda's little sister, Stevie. And Miranda had a sister? I guess so. And like, but it would have been like about like her Latino family and like her going through middle mm. school. And it was gonna it was gonna star Selena Gomez as Stevie. Whoa. And like it would have done the whole like animated thing too that they did with Lizzie. Um and all of that. It was like ready to go and it was produced and like made, but then it ended up not getting picked up in favor of Hannah Montana. Wow. Yeah. I mean it obviously worked out for Disney because Hannah Montana blew up. Yeah, this is true. Very interesting. Now, I'm talking about the revival in 2014 and then the revival in 2020. Yes. So the revival in 2014 was supposed to follow Lizzie's character as she lived in New York. Oh, my God. And she was navigating her life as like an interior decorator or an apprentice as an interior decorator. She was engaged to some guy and she finds (gasps) out her fiance was cheating on her. Oh, and it says here she returns home to L.A. So she was from L.A. Oh, okay. Yeah, I kind of, I had, they don't dress like they're from L.A. They do not. Yeah, they don't dress, they don't act. (laughs) Anyways, so that fell through. Didn't happen. But it was supposed to happen with, you know, a lot of the returning characters. I think uh, Adam uh, Gordo was going to come back. Didn't happen. Hmm. Then they tried to come back in 2020 after the creation of Disney Plus was launched. And... It didn't happen. However, 
I think they confirmed like the idea for the first two episodes. And it the reason why Disney Plus didn't want it to happen was because it was too mature. It was there's too much sex, too much adult stuff. And they're like, oh. well, why don't we just move it to Hulu? Uh, which, you know, that's like kind of like the adult version of Disney Plus. They put more of like the adults related shows on there, but they did not. Yeah. Oh, but the first episode, I think, shows like Hill, uh, Lizzie McGuire, like waking up in another guy's bed and like <gasps> trying to get to like some like work thing like late. But it like clearly showing she had like a one night stand or something. Oh, my uh, God. And like, I think the central plot of the show was about like cheating and it was like obviously a lot of sex is involved and they just completely dropped it didn't work out so it is not happening anymore like it's not even like in the works i think hillary duff has said it's like over like they're not bringing that show back yeah wild i'm sad (laughs) i mean like i know these revivals of old shows like they've got a zoe 102 movie oh do they yeah it just came out like two weeks ago Oh, I didn't know that. It's supposed to be ass. So, is Jamie yeah. Lynn in it? I be- I believe so. Yeah. That's wild. I think the That's only person bold. who's not in it is uh, Victoria Justice. Uh Is that who it is? Maybe. I Zoe One Hundred Two is an American rom com directed by Nancy Howard. It's a sequel film to the Nickelodeon series Zoe One Hundred One. Includes Jamie Lynn Spears. Sean Flynn, Christopher Massey, Aaron Sanders, uh, all these people. Wow. But it doesn't... I think she was in it, right? Victoria Justice was in it? Photos of Victoria Justice and Austin Butler are used to represent the respective characters from Zoe 101, but they're not in it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Aaron Sanders came back? That's surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty wild, right? That's really interesting. So anyways... Uh, yeah, these revivals of these shows, I'm surprised they didn't do it like a Lizzie McGuire movie or something like that, but yeah, never, never happened. I'm kind of shocked by it all, but I guess that's fine. I don't don't need to see what Lizzie McGuire is doing anymore, I guess. I guess, but it would have been fun. It's like the, it would have been like, it would have been like the Sex in the City revival. Okay, are you watching that? No. (laughs) Oh, well, I I am sort of watching it. Are you liking it? yes i am yay it's like sigh like it's like not good content and maybe it is content i don't know that's a whole different word to kind of dive into but it's stupidly fun i still get really excited to watch it every thursday that's wonderful and they just confirmed season three so i got another another year of it great you stay winning well if they uh pay their writers and actors i guess they have a season three true very so, true. I guess we'll see. All we'll right. See. We've reached the end of our episode on Lizzie McGuire. So many Yay. things we talked about. Italian food. High school graduations. What else we talked about? Um, Food fights. Food fights. We talked about fast fashion. Fast we... fashion. Outfit repeaters. If you're an outfit repeater, don't be ashamed. Be happy. Yeah. Don't, don't even be ashamed worry about it. This episode was almost two hours long. Oh, how did we do that? I don't know um, how we did that. Well. Okay. We just have a lot of feelings. A lot of feelings. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on Lizzie McGuire. If you want to check out more exclusive episodes on uh, for this podcast, check it out on Patreon. We've got lots and lots of episodes. I think in the month of August, we dropped close to eight or nine different 
episodes exclusive to patrons, which is, I think, pretty wild when you think yeah, about it. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So if you want to hear more, be sure to check that out. Uh, other than that, Clara, I will talk to you later. Everybody else, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.